Welcome to Blip Blappity Bloop, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Nate Hawley, and with me, as always, is my fellow foundling, Will Heckman. This is the way. That's right, folks. We are a clan of two. Our signet is probably a porg, and we are here to talk about The Mandalorian. Full spoilers, we're going to talk about the whole show. Uh, but first, before we do that, we're going to go into our first segment, Bustin' with Happiness. Jar Jar? Lisa, Bustin' with Happiness. So this is the part of the show where we talk about something from the world of Star Wars that's made us happy in the past couple of weeks. Uh, so, Will, what have you been enjoying in the world of Star Wars? Well, I finished Phasma last week. Oh, nice. Um, it, it slowed down on me uh, uh, about halfway to maybe a quarter left, and I just it was hard for me to pick it up here and there. And then a couple weeks ago, I was having a hard time falling asleep and literally just rolled over, picked it up. And next thing I know, two hours later, I'm deep into it, but I'm also now finally falling asleep in the (laughs) middle of it. And then that just propelled me for the next week after that to keep picking it up and finish it. And I really did enjoy the ending. And I, I liked where it went and how, where it explored and actually got me very invested in some of the other characters that we might possibly see later on. Cool. Uh, and now it makes me want to get uh, Black Spire. Right, yeah, because uh, Vimerati <laughs> yep. uh, is first introduced in that book, and you can actually meet her at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, <laughs> now in Disneyland and Disney World. Um, um, Nate, what about you? What have you been enjoying? Uh, well, last week Resistance ended, um, so that was kind of bittersweet. Uh, it was a good ending. Um, really solid story. Uh, I... It did what Rebels did and focused more on the quote-unquote family of characters sure. um, rather than, you know, sort of big galactic consequences, which is fair and I think um, what the show needed to be. I do wonder, though, if both shows are mistitled because I kind of feel like they're not about like rebels isn't about yeah. the rebellion and resistance isn't really about the resistance. It, I've thought about that before <laughs> before we even talked about doing a podcast. I've thought the exact same thing. Um and I mean I think it's really just to just to place it within yeah. uh because they are connected to the resistance and connected to the rebels, but they're not solely the rebellion or right, resistance. Right, yeah. It's probably more marketing for, you know, more casual fans to kind of get into the series. Like, oh, there's a series about the Rebellion. I can watch right. this or Resistance, whatever. But, I mean, at at each series' heart, it, it definitely explains what it's about. Yeah. You know, Resistance, it, it eventually becomes about actual Resistance. And Rebellion, or Rebels, is straight up from the beginning. It's, they rebel it rebelling against the empire so that is true and you know they're the again the like family on the colossus you know they're constantly on the run from the first order just like the resistance even if they're not all part of the formal resistance right um that was interesting thought i had but yeah it was a really good ending um i've been still catching up on clone wars uh that's been really fun um just so much more stuff I'm picking out. Like, one of the things I'm really loving during this rewatch is just all the original trilogy references are mm. so good in 
this show. It's like a line of dialogue placed in a in a way that it's like if you know it, it makes that moment funny or yeah. more heartfelt or they're just so well used and it's really fun. There there are so many moments in Clone Wars where something just kind of passes by and you go, "Ah." Uh, you know, yeah. and I, <laughs> I, I love that show for that yeah. reason. You well, know? like, today I just watched uh, the episode where uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 uh, are on the Aline planet, and they end up going underground and meet these weird magical creatures. Right. <laughs> and then the next episode is basically the Wizard of Oz, and it's very strange. <laughs> um, but, no, in that in that uh, first one where they're, they go underground... Uh, one of the clone troopers said, I'm beginning to think coming here was a bad idea. And the other one says, I'm beginning to agree with you. And I was like, ah, I see, I see, ah, yeah. um, So that's been fun. Uh, and then, yeah, just um, still wallowing in uh, the rise of Skywalker and processing more feelings about yeah. it. And, I, I, you know, some of the things that, that I maybe talked more negatively about a couple weeks ago, I've come around on, and yeah, I still, like, it hasn't moved up in, like, my rankings, which I don't, I, I do it because, I don't know, I like having a list, but I don't really yeah. like to rank them, like, I just rank them on my personal enjoyment, right. like, I don't really, you know, say one movie is objectively better than right, the other exactly. or anything like that, uh, but... So, like, Rise of Skywalker is, sits at, like, number nine on my list. But I still really love the movie. Right. Um, I mean, it, it it's really, like, when both of us say any of these movies rank at a certain point, if it ranks high, that means it's really extremely high. And if it ranks low, that means it's still ranking kind of high. Yeah, it's, like, Star Wars and then every other movie. Not, not, not really. <laughs> not really. Um, but... but <laughs> sort of. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I find stuff to love in all of them. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just, it's been fun. I'm excited to watch it again. I'm hoping to get out to the theater before it leaves. Um, yes, one more time. Um, uh, but we'll, we'll see our local theater. Uh, this week is having like roughly three screenings a day. Yeah. So it's starting to wean down. Um, but, but we'll see what happens. I already have my Blu-ray pre-ordered, so. But, but we don't know the dates of when they're getting released, so... Um, I usually wait to see what store is getting what and this and that. I always usually go with Target. Up, usually I end up going to Target. They um, always have the cool booklets. Um, yeah. The yeah. gallery booklets with, like, director and writer notes in them. And I, I think The Last Jedi, I just happened to walk into a Meyer uh, the weekend it came out, and they, like, had marked it down. Oh, uh, like. Yeah crazy to where i i couldn't pass it up because it just seemed cheap yeah it, it's funny though my target exclusive ones are like so much bigger than the rest of my blue oh, yeah. though because they're yeah, these they're giant thick. boxes so it's like one movie like the last jedi is like the thickness of three blu-rays right right <laughs> they're thick boys yeah. um and uh but no yeah so and target just happens to be this where I go all the time yeah. for everything. So anyway. that's where I pre-ordered mine. Um, nice. So we'll see when uh, that actually Ooh. comes out and we can watch them. I'm excited to be able to watch the whole sequel trilogy in a day. I want to set aside yeah. a day where I can watch. Yeah. Yeah, same. 
Um, one other thing that happened this week was yesterday I was, uh, my wife and I were hanging out with friends and we, um, her friends, so the, the wife and that, that couple, um, got into an argument with my wife about baby Yoda <laughs> to her. My wife, she doesn't see the appeal of it cause she hasn't really gotten into the Mandalorian yet. Uh. And, but, um, her friend says, but he's so cute. I love Baby Yoda, even though I don't like Star Wars. <laughs> and so with that, we're going to head to our main segment today, which we're going to talk about the Mandalorian. Finn, let me learn you something big. And like I said, we're talking about the Mandalorian today, so we're going to talk about our likes, our dislikes, and we're going to kind of look at each episode and each kind of piece of it, the sound, the the music, the acting, um, yeah, Nate. Uh, full spoilers, uh, for the whole series, um, we'll just talk kind of general thoughts about the whole season at first, um, and then, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll break down each episode, so, uh, general thoughts, I love it, um, yeah. I was not, I was expecting to like it, I was not expecting to love it as much Fair. as I do, um, the stuff I love in Star Wars is more of the Jedi's and Sith, the big Force and Destiny stuff. Um, right. But this show was surprisingly spiritual um, and really understood those like Campbellian themes yep. of the hero's journey and destiny. And yeah, I just, I really really love it there's a few things here and there that um i don't like ish but like yeah. they're just minor problems yeah. here and there with each episode or in, in a couple episodes but uh on the whole it's really friggin great and i love it how, how about you um yeah no pretty much the same with me uh i've i've been more into the magic of the force and the and the lightsabers obviously um with getting more into the scum in uh later years of my life <laughs> uh and so i was also surprised how much i loved this show as well um uh the only thing that i really would say that i disliked at least initially um grew to kind of be happy with it as time went on is the runtime of each episode oh yeah i was shocked with how short they were i know when that first episode came on and it was 30 minutes i was like what <laughs> but in the end i look back and i go if any of those episodes had been longer i may have lost attention well so much of streaming television these days just drags out oh so much yes. um and you know, typically it's in season length, which they kept it at eight episodes, which I think is the perfect length for a streaming series. I agree. Per personally, um, when it's 10 and then, you know, the Netflix model is typically 13. 13. It just feels like it, they could have truncated a lot and um, been clearer with their story. But yeah, it with, in this case, with each episode, I felt like each episode was as long as it needed to yes, be. Yes, exactly. Um, and I liked they didn't lock themselves right, yes. into a runtime because they were anywhere between 30 and I think 50 minutes might yep, be the longest one. Uh, May like 47 I think it's about 47, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, that 
as as time went on and you i started to see those lengths fluctuate i really started to appreciate the fact that it was more of a okay this is the story we wanted to tell and this is how long it took to tell it yeah um um one another thing that kind of had to grow on me i liked it but i wasn't sure if i liked it in star wars was the music oh interesting um it was very different for star wars so different but at the same time it worked yeah and i again grew to enjoy it and i get it get those little bits stuck in my head all the time now. yeah it's so iconic <laughs> and yeah ludwig gordonson's score is oh, so it's good. really good and i love how just like raw and mm-hmm. uh like the thing I, I i think of other than the main theme that just like encapsulates it is that mudhorn fight yes. score it's like it's so percussive and yeah. intense and it's like nothing we've heard in yeah, Star Wars it, it, before. It's it's almost like an alien creature making noise. Yeah. At points, and it's so it's so crazy. But it also, um, you know, with with the the flute essentially, you mm-hmm. know, for the the main theme, it, it's very much uh, again Man with No Name trilogy. Yeah. Uh, stuck in there. Um, I also love the use of piano. Like yeah. we, we don't get pretty heavy piano scores in Star Wars a lot, um, but there there's a lot of piano in there, yep. um, which which I love, and I love the uh, electric guitar uh, theme for the child, yeah. Baby Yoda. <laughs> um, it feels like he could have played on Yoda's theme or or the Force right, theme right. or done something like that. But he didn't. But it it still fits with those yeah. family with that like family of sound, even though it doesn't sound like it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a weird thing to me, but it's like a totally natural fit. Like yeah. if you made a Yoda Force playlist, like I think it would totally fit naturally right. in there. Um, at times, I will say it did make me think more Star Trek than Star Wars, but that's just me sure. adding some weird connections that yeah. Don't need to um, be there. But I think, you know, the the nature of the series is very different than yes. what we've seen. Like, the key themes and um, general ideas are still there. It is still very Star Wars. But um, it, it's very different. And in a way, you know, John Favreau has talked forever, like, to the moon and back about this. But, like, how it's... It's more like the roots of Star Wars than it is yeah. like Star Wars itself. That's fair. Um, because they didn't want to imitate Star Wars because everyone has their own idea of what Star Wars is. Yep. Um, and so to them, what they felt they had to do was go back to uh, the old serials, uh, westerns, um, Kurosawa films, samurai movies... Um, and those things that George was inspired by and yep. take those things as their inspiration. And you can clearly see them. I mean, episode four is Seven Samurai. Right. And it's it's a trope, but it's one of my favorite tropes right. in movies, and I love it. Um, yeah, no, the essentially being inspired by samurai films and samurai lore, um, which is funny because a lot of people are like, it's a western. I'm like, but do you realize what westerns... Are? Westerns They're... are American samurai films. Like. Exactly. <laughs> and straight up, the man with no name, the 
It's Yojimbo. It's, it's Yojimbo. <laughs> yeah. Or um, Fistful of so Dollars. So Fistful of Dollars. Yeah. I, I refer to it as the Man with No Name trilogy, yeah. but the first one, Fistful of Dollars, was straight up Yojimbo. Yeah. Um, and that just, it just cracks me up. You know, people are just like, oh, it's a Western and a Samurai. I'm like, yes. Um, I love it, though, yeah. because it's, it's, it's so, it fits that so perfectly, too. And, and it just fits the serial feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Clone Wars did this as well. Um, uh, whereas Clone Wars felt um, like the old uh, World War II serials. And, that you right. know, that's that was the purpose of, like, the narrator at the beginning of the episode. It's like, war on this planet! Blah, 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 blah! Um, it was very intentional to reference... You know, it was their version of a crawl. Right. Um... But and you know since they were catering to kids who may not may or may not know how to read as well you know right. whatever, but it was also very intentional to um, uh, reference those old serials and this felt like those old adventure serials um, yeah the Flash Gordon Buck Rogers you know and just having Star Wars on your television every week <laughs> going on an adventure and for the most part they stand alone yeah. Um, which was another thing I wasn't really expecting. Um, like the first, so the first two episodes are pretty connected. Right. And the third one is like an epilogue, I guess, to the first two. Um, but then four, five, and six all stand on their own. Um, and then seven... Uh, kind of brings everything back, and then eight is the finale, you know, and ties everything together. So. See, and I was actually expecting more of that, more of the separate... Oh, really? Uh, ...serialized, um, to the point where I was kind of expecting it to be each episode is a different hunt or a different contract he oh. takes on. Well, that's the thing, is the show ended up being very different yeah. than what you or I thought it I, was going to be. I'm not sure anybody... Yeah. <laughs> had, the, had the expectations of this whole thing. If you can find me one person who predicted this whole series, yeah, I will uh, give them my praise. Yeah, because like we all thought it was yeah, it was going to be the first season was going to be very bounty focused, right? And you know maybe these leftover Imperials would go to war with his guild, um, but it was gonna. We thought it was going to be very focused on him catching a different. Yeah. It was going to be a freak of the week show. Right. Where he goes and catches a different monster, basic, basically. Yeah, it'd be um, essentially kind of Scooby-Doo, but yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian bounty hunter. <laughs> right. But then they introduce Baby Yoda, and it's Lone Wolf and Cub. And like right. that's the yes. whole series. <laughs> and, and, it's... and then he's at war with his own guild. Like, he yeah. ends up quitting the guild because uh, he has a soft spot for kids. And it's like, run. man, I, I was not expecting it. Like... I, get, I don't know. Like, I, I figured the hero would have a heart of gold eventually, but I didn't yeah. think that would be quite so plain yeah, at first. it wouldn't be the whole plot of the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and basically, it's him learning how to be a dad. <laughs> like, right. Um, yeah, no, and that's... It just, it, I just... I'm just still, when I look back on it, I'm just like, Wow. I was totally wrong. Yeah. Um, and I love, you know, there's so many deep cuts in there. Like, you could really tell that it was made by fans. Yeah. Um, it felt very much like 
Dave Filoni and John Favreau were two kids pulling out their Star Wars action figures and yes, and yes, playing exactly. together, and it was it is really fun. Also, their friendship is the most adorable <laughs> and pure thing ever, and I need more interviews of the two of them because it's precious, and our yeah. fandom needs that right now. <laughs> yeah, um, um, you know, um, what. I want to talk about characters here and mm. I'm, I'm just trying to say what characters did you, did you like the most? I, let's go with that first. Mm. Um, well, or stood out to you, rather. uh, baby Yoda. Well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> uh, top five characters, baby Yoda, baby Yoda, baby. <laughs> um, uh, no, but seriously, I was one, just shocked that yeah. they were going to introduce a new, character of yoda's species but to that the character had the force yeah and again like we talked about what we love in star wars is typically more force centered and i didn't think the force was going to be in yeah. the show at all like man be a passing passing note maybe i thought this was going to be the first star wars property with no force in it because like we all thought that was going to be rogue one but then darth vader shows up and does all his crazy yeah. stuff. And we all thought yeah, it was going to be, be solo, solo. And then Darth Maul uses the force to yep. pull his lightsaber to him. Um, this would be the first Star Wars without a lightsaber. Well, no, it's not. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, it's not. Not, not the, entirely. Because of the darksaber at the end. Um, but yeah, I was not expecting him to have the force. And uh, just how the force was used was yeah. really cool. And I loved... How even after the victory of the rebellion, most people still don't really understand yeah. it. Like when they explain it, um, uh, like Caradoon's like, I'd heard of um, people like this. You know, the Empire had this enforcer who right. did crazy things. Or uh, Kuil is like, yeah, I've I've been around some things and have heard vaguely heard of right. these things. But most people didn't understand yeah. um, this weird magic that uh, this child had. And I love... And he uses the dark side, too. Yeah. He force chokes the guy. He, he discovers that on, her, on his own. Or, yeah, just, he force chokes Cara Dune when he, when he thinks that she's that gonna she's, kill yeah. Mando. And it just... I was... Oh, that was great. And that, that brings back Kuil, who... Oh. Man... What a character. Wow. I was not expecting to love an Ugnaught so much. Yeah. Um, and just he he becomes a sort of mentor to, to Mando. Um, yeah, he definitely fills that role. You yeah. Know, again, we talked about the hero's journey, those Campbellian themes. I think that's the clearest um, mentor figure yeah. uh, in, in the series. Him and, uh, and the armor, a little. A little, yeah. not much, but... Yeah, she doesn't really give direct... She's like the, the, I don't know, the, the mentor of the mentor. I mean, she doesn't teach Kuil, obviously, right. but she's kind of like the more of the Yoda than the Obi-Wan. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, um, but no, so Kuil, and even at one point after the child has forced choked Cara Dune, yeah. he, he essentially, in his own way, explains to, to Mando that, you know, bringing this child up in this environment is he's gonna react like that yeah. he's gonna see that the way is you know violence yeah 
Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, other characters I love, you mentioned the armorer. Man, yep. she kicks all kinds of ass, <laughs> and she is the best. Yeah, she's... Um, I was so shocked that they showed us so many Mandalorians I, in the first, in the first episode. episode and and just then in you know then there's this armor and she's got this really cool helmet yeah um that almost makes me think of Maul's um Death Watch um, oh yeah 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 kind of just a little not entirely i was thinking that on my last watch of well i liked that it was it was clearly older right like it seemed like she had inherited this much more ancient legacy. Like, this is yeah. what Mandalorian helmets looked like hundreds of years fair. ago. That's fair. Um, which was really interesting. But, yeah, again, the the, the spirituality of the series. Mm-hmm. Like, she, again, is the religious leader of, yeah. of this this uh, um, tribe. This, uh, well, she said, yeah, she says tribe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the, the the whole this is the way and mm-hmm. uh, man, it I was not expecting I was not expecting to see a single other Mandalorian until the last episode right. of the first season. Like, yeah, same. <laughs> and um, and then um, well, we talked about Kara a little. Mm-hmm. Um, I will actually say when when she first. Uh, came in in episode four. I I didn't enjoy her as much as I thought I would, mm. and it I was a little bit let down. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just I think I was expecting a whole lot more. It's like when you get your 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 expectations built way up, and then it doesn't quite meet it, but it's still good. Yeah. Um, well, well, that was the other thing about the series was when they introduced a lot of these characters to us at Celebration. I thought most of them would be recurring, like yeah. they'd end up being his crew or yeah, something exactly. like that. Yeah, um, but thought... that wasn't the case, and that was fine. You know, that oh, was yeah. uh, the story they wanted to tell. Um, I love that she's from Alderaan. Yes, that's so oh, that was cool. a great re- reveal, and just the fact that, she, like, she was a rebel shock trooper, and then like once things calmed down, she's like, "Well, this is boring," and <laughs> just yeah, left. Yeah. I didn't and then, sign up for this. And then when Mando is like. Uh, I'd give you the opportunity to kill some imps. And she's like, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, duh. Her planet um, was blown up by the Imperials. Yeah. Of course, the only thing she wants is to just hunt down Imperials. And yeah, she is super great. Um, IG-11 <laughs> is... Uh... Version one or version two? <laughs> right. Oh, both, both were yeah. great. Um, I, honestly, I, I love the... I love seeing both because you you get that just different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, And his nurse. (laughs) Yeah. His, his, oh, that was great. I I just love they let Taika have his full humor on it. I mean, I was expecting Korg as an assassin and that's basically what we got. And it was great. Yeah. I loved loved the gag in the first episode when he keeps trying to kill himself. (laughs) It's like, I must self-destruct. No, No, don't don't self-destruct. Disengage (laughs) self-destruct. And then, yeah, when he comes back in episode seven and he's a nurse, Troy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so uh, funny. And then he doesn't, like, his defense protocols aren't uh, disengaged, so he's still um, yeah. a great fighter and is able to 
take out a bunch of people, like those jerk stormtroopers who punched Baby Yoda. Yeah. That is the most evil person in the galaxy. <laughs> I don't care about Palpatine. Because <laughs> that stormtrooper who punched Baby Yoda is the worst villain in Star Wars. Um... Uh, and then he ends up making a heroic sacrifice yeah. at the end, and it's a really cool uh, arc for him. And d- the relationship between him and Mando, because Mando hates droids right. because his parents were killed by battle droids. Which, by the way, bringing in the Clone Wars, holy heck, man, we saw <coughs> a flash of super battle droids in the trailers, and I was like, yep. oh man, what what is this going to be? And then they kept showing us that scene of right. uh, him getting left behind and his parents dying and getting killed by separatists and him being rescued by, by Death Watch, yeah. which I really, like, I don't know. I mean, that just shows how much John and Dave care about this stuff. You're right. Like, yes, they were both involved in the Clone Wars and... It, you know that's why is they have such direct knowledge of it but like man seeing that it wasn't just average joe right. mandalorians like it was specifically death watch because that was the active mandalorian tribe during exactly. that time that was really cool um yeah no i was totally in the after seeing trailers i was expecting it would either be a flashback of uh, the Clone Wars, or I was partly hoping that it would be like a small cell of droids get reactivated. Mm-hmm. That'd been kind of cool to see, but I loved how how they really worked it in there and gave him PTSD. From yeah, um, and it's just constantly no droids. Yeah, and uh, yeah, right from he, the first episode early on when he rejects a speeder being driven by an astromech who can't cause him any right. harm, like it's not nefarious at all, but he's just like no droids. I, yeah. I hate them all. Which is interesting is also the reason that the bartender in the cantina in the first film doesn't let droids yes, into yes. his <laughs> into his cantina. And, and that's that's the kind of stuff I hadn't thought about <laughs> in the past. And then, you know, just these little things just kind of creep their way in since the prequels have come out and i'm just like oh yeah that's really hmm i i i I actually gave that online at some point somebody was like why doesn't he like um droids so much and i explained the ptsd and then i was like it's the same thing with the bartender and they're like i never thought of that (laughs) and i was like dude yes go back and watch now you can like and you'll see that and it was just had a great conversation with that guy online after Absolutely. that. Yeah. Um, uh, before we dive into, like, each individual episode, uh, one of the things they did with the series, be- because they kind of wrote themselves into a bit of a corner here, in that we had seen Mandalorians before mm-hmm. in Clone Wars and Rebels. All of those Mandalorians we have seen in the animated shows take off their helmets. Yeah. And in this one, they say Mandalorians don't do that. Right. So, I'm assuming that'll get, that discrepancy will get explained eventually. Um, But one of the things I found interesting that um, is connected to that is the, the idea that Mandalorian is not a race, but a creed. But a creed. How did you feel about that idea? Because one of the things that uh, 
George did with the Clone Wars was he set up the idea that Jango and Boba Fett are not Mandalorians. And right. I assumed that meant simply that Jango was not born on Mandalore. Right. However, it mean being Mandalorian means being raised in the Mandalorian faith now. Right. So what, um, what do you think about that? I actually loved it. Um, and, and that was quickly my thoughts went to the same uh, thing of Django and Boba. And it just, it, it kind of makes me think of how, how anybody could be a Jedi, mm. essentially, is what it uh, works into. Um, but with Mandalorians instead. Yeah. Well, the idea, this theme of um, found family has always been in Star Wars, you know, from the original trio kind of finding each other and... Um, and then, you know, most recently, uh, quite literally, you know, Ray taking on the Skywalker right. name, you know, choosing the family legacy she wants rather than the one that's in her blood. Um, so that, I think that played to theme and it, it was, it was, it was just surprising to me and I, I do really like it and I'm excited yeah. to see where it goes, um, to see, you know, well, now Baby Yoda is a Mandalorian. Right, yeah, like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, they're a clan of two, and um, uh, we'll probably talk some more about... Um, well, yeah, after we finish talking about each episode, I want to yeah. uh, speculate about um, Season 2, which just got announced today, is coming out yep. in October. Um, busy uh, fall for Disney+. Yeah, Plus. We have... Uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier in August, and that'll run, and then Mandalorian in October, and then that'll run, and, uh, um, then, uh, WandaVision in December. Yep. <laughs> um, that's Marvel, not Star Wars, but... Still exciting. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of great stuff coming out on Disney Plus at the end of the year, mm -hmm. um, and it'll be, uh, really fun, but, uh, any other general thoughts? Oh, we didn't talk about the, the effects, how they shot it. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it uh, online, they rele ILM released um, how they shot the Mandalorian, which I could have sworn uh, up until they released that. I thought they went out and shot stuff on location right. or built a lot of these sets. But most of it is digital. It's yeah, like it's... digital greens. It's like real-time green screen. So instead of... Being in a green screen environment and then replacing it with a digital environment later, they create the digital environment and place the actor in this 360 degree backlit um, projection screen, and they're in the environment in real right. time. It's so nuts. You know, it, it makes me think of those those shots you would see in like the the old cartoons where the guy's on the treadmill and they've got the moving scenery as oh. well. <laughs> but it's everywhere yeah it, and, and it move the element moves with the camera so yeah. that you it always looks like it's real and what's crazy to me is that it's in it's camera ready like that is yeah. for the most part like i think they tweak a few things here and there but for the most part that's the in-camera shot that they use yeah. it for the show which is nuts <laughs> it's so <laughs> crazy um 
But, I mean, that's John Favreau. Like, yeah. He's oh, yeah. always pushing the boundaries of technology, and, you know, that's that's George Lucas. And that's I love them taking the spirit of that yeah. um, into even the creation of this show. And I, I, I just kind of, I don't know, I, I kind of got annoyed with the whole real sets, practical effects thing that yeah. they, with, they did with The Force Awakens. Like, yes, when you can build stuff and it looks great um and a lot of uh i mean they built so much for the last jedi yeah. I mean, it was more than force awakens and rogue one combined um but i love this idea that no you can do whatever you want and yeah. um and because they have a more limited budget, like mm -hmm. it's a Star Wars property, but it is television and it is streaming. So, you know, the, Disney's not going to make billions of dollars off of this property. Right. So they have to have a smaller budget. And they were able to work around that and create photo real environments in a computer. And it's just nuts. Yeah. And and that just makes me think back to yeah George's legacy and also Disney's legacy yeah. of you know just being innovators yeah. in in uh, in the industry. Um, so yeah, let, why don't we dive into episode one? Yeah. Okay. So uh, episode one, I think it's just called chapter one. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Um, they title them after episode one. Uh, directed by Dave Filoni. First go around at live action um real quick i do wonder if he directed episode five first because it's weaker yeah and i fair. wonder if he was cutting his teeth a little on episode five before he got into the premiere so he could hmm. have more solid things on the premiere oh. i don't know weird tinfoil a... hat speculation yep. but anyways episode one um really solid yeah really uh, <laughs> uh great introduction to the character yeah um, just to show he's a you know no holds barred uh just you know badass yeah well that uh, what i love is they they teed up the idea of maybe he's coming in to rescue this right. guy oh yeah, yeah that's, and, fair, that's fair and they're like oh maybe they're just going for the heart of gold thing right away um but no, he gets them out of the way so yeah. he can take in his bounty. Um, which already, you know, interesting uh, cast of characters with mm -hmm. the Mithral character there is kind of fun. And um, oh, I cannot remember the name of the guy who drives the the cab, but he's mm. like a comedian, I think. Yeah, no, um, uh, Brian Posehn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll never, I'll never not know his name because yeah. uh, he wrote so. He co-wrote some Deadpool comics that were oh, okay. really good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. The the second he appeared on screen, I was like, "Oh my god!" I bet he was having the time of his life. Yeah, I love it. He comes up and this, you know, and Mando sends the nice flashy speeder, but it's piloted <laughs> by a droid. He sends it back, and then the little guy whistles for another one, <laughs> and it like a literal a piece falls off it when he arrives, and he's like, "So." Yeah. Where to? <laughs> uh, this is really great. Um, um, and so, yeah, in that first little bit, we see a, um, some great action. Uh, 
big creature. Yep. Um, I was really impressed. I didn't think they'd, like, again, just because I knew that it would be a smaller budget, I didn't right. think they'd do a big CGI yeah. creature like that. And it looks real. Like, it, yeah. it, it's, it was a really impressive effect, and I... Um, yeah, applaud them for for going for it and, and, and then, doing that. And then we see the Razor Crest. Yeah, uh, for the first time, and it, then the reveal that yes, he does have carbon freezing. Yeah. inside the ship, which is yeah, is interesting because yeah, that was a, a fight between John and Dave for a long time because yeah. John had the idea and Dave was like, "But what that's just it? doing the Boba Fett thing." <laughs> um. But I liked I liked it and it yeah, worked I and uh, it's much more efficient than the way they do it in Empire Strikes Back and he has it all contained and in his um, right and if you have access to that why wouldn't you use right, it for bounty hunter yeah like um, why risk people escaping like it just that's just so <laughs> much sense yes yeah. um uh, and then we see a bit of how the guild works mm-hmm. um. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about Carl Weathers. Yeah, uh, uh, he's cargo. he's really great. Um, and yeah, he so he get, offers up all these jobs, and uh, but he can't pay enough because th- times are hard in this transition yeah. period between you know the fall of the empire and the rise of the new republic. Um, and so, uh, but then he tells him about this secret. Jo- there is this one job, this one. which you nope. think. When he's telling him, telling it to him that Mando's the only one he offered this job to, which right, then we right. learn later he gave it to like everyone. Everybody got the dang job. Um, but then but we you... get Werner Herzog in yes. Star Wars. Yes. Oh man, and it's he's it's so great, you know. Yeah. He's he's the perfect style of acting for it too, and he's there. There have been a few actors in um in this disney era that i've just been like why hasn't he been in star wars yet yeah. you know um uh max von Sydow. yeah and then uh verna herzog and um and then Carl Weathers. Carl yeah, Weathers. Yeah. Oh yeah, Carl <laughs> Weathers. The second he was introduced, I was like, "Wait, wasn't he? he well, he's he's not in Star Wars, huh?" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I love that th- that we are getting these these actors in there. Yeah. Um. And yeah, he's really great. Also, the reason we have Baby Yoda as yep. the puppet because they were gonna replace him as CGI, and he's like, "You are cowards <laughs> if if you don't replace if you replace yes. him." That was great. Trust the puppet. <laughs> Trust the puppet. Oh. oh man, he's oh, and he still hasn't seen a single Star Wars movie. I don't even think he's watched the show. Um, and, and he's like, from what I understand, there's lots of CGI, and I don't care for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I but, love it. But but he he captured it so well, just the character and. And just sending him on this, uh, on this uh, job, and saying he's gonna pay him with Beskar, you know. Yeah, and that was cool. He gave him the down payment, and yep. so then we got to see, um, oh, we got to see this like coven of, coven, of yep. Mandalorians down there. And again, huge shock to me. I didn't yeah. expect to see any of them, um, and just this like spiritual process of. 
uh, assembling your armor, mm-hmm. and he's like, I think you have a, pa- a pauldron is in order. And like, has, has your, your signet sig- been revealed? Yeah. You know, that. that's just so cool. You yeah. know, just the the lore behind the Mandalorians just Absolutely. being right out in the open from the get-go. Yeah. Um, um, let's see what else in episode one. Uh, then he goes and he gets attacked by Blurgs yep. and uh, Kuil saves him and we get the wonderful I have spoken. I have spoken. Uh, I love Kuil so much. Yeah, it's... <sighs> and I love... Especially when you watch the whole series and you go back and watch it again. And when he's trying to learn how to ride Blurg and he's like, this is impossible or whatever. Um, and Kuil says, you are a Mandalorian. Your people rode the great Mythosar. And again, even though he's behind a helmet, you see, you just feel the emotions behind yeah. him going, I want to be a Mandalorian. Yeah. Because like, he's a foundling. So like, he has this this idea of he has this ideal Mandalorian that he's trying to live up to. Um, And again, just what Pedro Pascal is able to do um, even behind a mask is um, really incredible. Also uh, his stunt man. But you know, yeah. uh, Yeah. Just what they were able to do um, with that was really impressive. Um, And then, yeah, he goes and he meets up with IG 11 and he finds baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, the reveal of Baby Yoda. Um, oh, man. That just, I I thought he said it was 50 years old, essentially. Yeah. And it's just like, well, some species age differently. age differently. And I just, I saw the, the ears, you know, from the back, and I go, oh? Yeah. <laughs> huh? And and then they, they do the full reveal that it's, well, Baby Yoda. Yeah. And again, I didn't expect, again, this is more big picture stuff, but I didn't expect from the first episode, even though it's like this crazy new thing, I thought it was just going to be his, like, this is his bounty, yeah, he's going to take bounty, it yeah. back, and then the Empire's going to do something shady with it, and then we'll figure out what they did later. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, like, we'll get all these different bounties get collected, yeah. and then at the end we'll see what it amounted to, this new big bad that we yeah. he has to fake face yeah. maybe but yeah no and it was just and then it ends there yeah it ends after the after he's revealed one thing i really love about um all of the directors uh who worked on this show is they really understood um just the visual storytelling aspect of star wars yes because Again, that that last shot of the episode is him like reaching out with his finger, and then Baby Yoda reaches up his yeah. hand, and then it cuts. Does it necessarily make sense, quote unquote? Like, would Mando just like reach out his little finger to? to yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. But it's a it's the visual that again. That's what you know. George always said these are silent, basically silent films where the yeah. dialogue is kind of irrelevant to him. You know, I feel um, differently about the dialogue, but uh, just the, they all really understand yeah. the the visual nature of of the series. Well, especially because when you look in hindsight, it's a droid about to kill a child, and then the droid is killed by a Mandalorian. Yeah, exactly his origin. Exactly. With, you know, with Baby Yoda, and instead. then Baby Yoda becomes a Mandalorian. Yes! <laughs> he becomes a foundling. Get- like they have the same origin story. Yeah. Like and it's so great. 
Yeah. Um. Uh. So then we go into episode two. Uh. The child. Uh. Directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Um. Oh man. He's. Man, the way he directs action. Man, the scene of him chasing Jawas. Yeah, and, I love the Jawas. In yeah. This. Well, it opens with action. Yeah. Because well. You get it opens with a lizard, which is really yeah. cool. <laughs> but yeah, then he gets attacked by Trandoshans and uh, has a really cool fight. And then we see what his rifle can really yeah. do. Oh man! <laughs> when he Literally. fires that thing, it disintegrates just... the guy. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my mind was blown. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. And then the Jawas—they were great. Yeah, they scrap his ship, and so he has to chase after. Uh, these Jawas, and I love the the different like the idea that there were Jawas on planets on other different than planets, yeah. Tatooine, and they're dressed the, differently. The, and the merchandise calls them off-world Jawas. Yeah. Um. um but yeah, I loved that chase sequence where, and then he's like trying to the, climb the sand crawler thing, and then they beat him. That's yeah. the other thing is I thought Mando like they were just gonna set him up to be like the fiercest warrior in the galaxy, right. and for some reason he was like the best fighter ever but no he gets his ass kicked so much in the series like um he gets thrown off that uh sand crawler uh pretty early on yeah and uh and we see him having to repair his armor yeah uh and that was cool and then uh the child tries to we eventually find out that he's trying to heal him that's actually what i got yeah exactly when i when he when he first reached up at the cut, I thought, oh, is he gonna like somehow use the force? And... I, I know. I was like, man, we're gonna have force healing in this show, like, yeah, because we hadn't seen it anywhere right. really. Um, there's some stuff in Clone Wars, um, right. but for the most part, we really haven't seen any sort of force healing, which again we then see later in yeah. uh, the Rise of Skywalker, which becomes a major theme. But um, and then um, but then you know he gets back with Quill and and they confront the jawas and just some of the funniest yeah. stuff from that yeah <laughs> you sound like a wookie yeah. <laughs> yeah um it's like oh yeah well, listen it's to this and then he just shoots his flamethrower and yeah oh man it's it's just exactly that's ex- exactly like you were saying before it's it's like it's like two guys playing with their action figures yeah. as kids and that's that's yeah, the same like, kind of stuff you'd come up with as a kid yeah. playing with your It's like Dave figures. has his Jawas and he's like, well, I'm going to out-negotiate your Mandalorian. And John Favreau's like, yeah, well, my Mandalorian has a flamethrower, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, then, and then they want him to get the egg. Suga! Suga! <laughs> oh. Yeah, and, and so he has to face the Mudhorn, which... Side note, uh, some archaeological team digged up this, like, woolly rhino from the Ice Age, and it looks exactly like the Mudhorn. Whoa. Like, that was a real thing. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that was such a neat design. Um, and, again, the fight against it was really cool, too. And it, he's he's essentially, you know, you know, it's making me think sort of like the... Greek mythology stories of fighting these mythic monsters. Yeah. And it, so, I mean, there's there's that there. Well, and it, again, it's, you know, you go into, you know, medieval European mythology. It's a dragon, a dragon. guarding a yep. cave. Exactly. Like, it literally. Dragging its gold. Yeah. In a um, sense. 
um, which the inside of the egg is like golden. It's like golden yolk goo, right. wh- whatever. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's, it's the it's dragon Cadbury egg. <laughs> it's a Cadbury egg. egg. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's this monster guarding this cave that he has to defeat. And I love again. I love big creature fights like that because there's no dialogue and it's yeah. all visual. Oh yeah. Um, and like I love how the the mudhorn is blind and mm-hmm. um, it, it's not focused on. It. It's just a couple things yeah. here and there where you're like, oh wait a minute, he can't see him, and then he's just relying on his other yeah. senses. And Mando tries to outwit him and isn't very successful. No. Um, and then yeah, gets beat to heck and baby yoda saves him with the force Force. yeah the very first time we see him actually use the force and yeah no and and mando is just like what What? um and then he gets the egg and brings it back and um uh and then yeah he's explaining it to kawil and he's like explain it again i don't understand he's like yeah me either yeah Um, um and then they piece back together the razor crest yeah and he offers quill a job and i thought he was gonna take it it. yeah i was so initially disappointed about him not taking the position but i loved it like this idea of like we've seen we've only seen the these creatures as basically slaves on cloud city yes um and again they show up in clone wars doing the exact same job right um but yeah, we've only seen these creatures in roles of servitude, and Kuil's like, bro, I worked so hard to finally like have my own life and right. not be in service to anyone. He's like, I'm honored that you want my help, but like, no, I can't. Yeah, and I really liked that plot point of True. like, this was a guy that got out, like, like Anakin, you know. Yeah, coming that's from fair. slavery yeah. like yeah. you know it was it was i really enjoyed that being a, a plot point in the series um and then he go, flies off and yeah. we move into episode three yeah. uh which is called the sin which right away when i saw that was the title i was like oh man we're in some yeah good stuff here and deborah chow directed this episode oh boy this is probably my favorite episode of the series um this one or um well she also did episode seven which yeah. is really good too but i think i think chapter three is my favorite um well yeah mando comes back and he hands baby yoda over yep. and and again i don't know who was behind the suit if it was pedro or his stuntman and i cannot remember his name and i feel so yeah, bad I feel bad um but it, uh, who is it he's um He's John Wayne's, John Wayne's grandson. grandson, yeah. And just like, yeah, the delivery of this guy in a mask clearly is having regrets about yeah. delivering this child. Um, But, you know, Grief Karga gives him the whole thing about, yeah, everyone got the fob, but you are <laughs> the one who will be the legend. Yeah. You know, you are the one who completed it. And and I love, I love Mando's response. And in that he's like, he's like, so what are you going to do with your money? Go like have a party, whatever. And he's like, I want my next job. job. He's like, well, dude, you just got back. I "I want my next job because he wants to work off his guilt. Yeah. And and he's like, fine, you got this job. And again, he hands him the job. And I thought that's where the show. Yeah. It was this um, 
uh, Mon Calamari, like, right. senator, prince, or something. Um, and... Uh, he dipped out on bail. Yeah. And... Um... And then he feels guilty. He go he goes back to his ship. He sees the little the, shifter the little, that yep. Baby Yoda was playing with, <laughs> and he feels guilt guilty. And so he decides to make a choice, and he breaks his code. Yeah, and he goes after Baby Yoda and kills a bunch of stormtroopers. And it's really, really great. Um, also, he confronts that scientist. Um, and like the scientist apparently was keeping Baby Yoda alive, alive yeah. Um, which that—that's another thing. It's interesting. We still do not know what the leftover Empire wants with Baby right. Yoda. Like we have no idea. Um, but yeah, he goes and gets him, and um, then he's confronted by the guild by the and guild. basically forces his people out of hiding. Right. Um. Um. Yeah, the Mandalorians come in to save the day and rescue him. Which uh, visually reminded me so much of Iron Man 3. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's was, so great, yeah. And, you know, of course, John Favreau directing the first Iron Man. Like, it was just yeah. a fun visual and, connection. And, of course, Favreau's the one behind the the, the, the suit you, yeah. that you see flying. Paz Vizsla. And I, yeah. like, he's from the I same that, clan yeah. as uh, Pre Vizsla, the character he voiced in Clone Wars. Um uh and then he, he goes i gotta get me one of those yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that that's just a common thing in star wars i yeah. guess now um and again the way deb chow directs action and man yeah so that was it it was our first star wars direct directed by a woman yep was this episode and it is it just so, so good. good um, um we get more backstory to that flashback yep. scene. You, because in the first one, you just see him, his parents putting him in that bunker, and then that's it. Right. Um, and then this one, you see that his parents like blow up, and a super battle droid uh, was the one who killed them. Right. Um, and because yeah, that that was the other thing. He gets to build his full set of armor. Yep. Um, and it's all shiny and new yep. and. Uh, I'm curious if he'll paint it again. I know, right? Uh, if he'll, especially now that he has a signet, if he'll, yeah. if he'll paint it. Uh, get inspired by the mud horn a little. Maybe yeah. that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, and then um, <laughs> kind of headache. I don't know. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that was um. Yeah, I, I really love uh, episode three. Um, and then, yeah, that kind of sets him on this trajectory that, again, I didn't expect is him yeah. being on the run with Baby Yoda. Um, and because he just feels for this kid. And so he takes him and then that leads us into episode four, uh, which is called Sanctuary, uh, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Yep. Um, uh, Ron Howard's daughter, you know, he directed solo, so you know, keeping it in the family. And yeah, I was about to say, uh, hey, there's this the first time we really get family involved. Yeah, uh, um, you know, and again, uh, another piece of Star Wars directed by a woman, which is great. Uh, and this episode was Seven Samurai. Uh, yeah, and yeah, they go to this like um, uh, farming planet 
they're krill farmers. Krill farmers, yes. Yeah. They raise krill. Um, and brew. Um, oh, what was it called? Spotchka. 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 Um, we brew spotchka. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we meet Cara Dune. Again, I wasn't terribly impressed with her at first, but again, like I think it was just my expectations of her were really high. Sure. Um, but I love I do love her uh, introduction is because like Mando thinks she's another bounty hunter, right? Yeah, uh, probably out to get him, and they fight, <clears throat> and then Baby Yoda's just there sipping his tea, <laughs> um, uh, or his broth, broth, um, yeah. <laughs> and then they just stop, and he's like, "Hey, hey want some want soup?" Some soup? <laughs> <laughs> I literally, when I watched it yesterday, actually, I watched that one yesterday. I literally, I, I almost lost yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then they, they're like, "Well, this rock ain't big enough for the both of us," and so it's like, "Oh, he's gonna just get moving on to the next." Yeah. Um. But then the farm, the farmers catch up to him, and they offer him. All that they have to protect their, uh, to protect them from raiders. Yeah. Uh, and he goes back and meets them. Uh, and recruits. And recruits Cara Dune. That's right. Uh, because it'd be nice to have some extra muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they see the way of life for for this farm. Yeah. And uh, Baby Yoda gets to play with kids yeah some really sweet moments also ludwig Gorenson did something in the score in that episode where it's it's kind of a musical trope in that like i don't know how to describe it but like just musically the the sound of a peaceful village yeah you know what i'm talking about like um and we hadn't had that in Star Wars before, uh, which it was it was really sweet and touching, and I really liked the music in this episode. Um, and then, yeah, Baby Yoda gets to play with kids. Uh, we get a great new character of Omera. Omera. Um, and uh, she's, like, this really cool mom and, yeah. uh, like, really feels for Mando and brings him food and... Um, and asks him about his when the last time he took his helmet off, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, yesterday." It's like so they do take it off when they shower and <laughs> eat and whatever. Um, but see, I thought it just cleaned them on the inside on its own. <laughs> it's like some just... self cleaning. Yeah, thing. you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he revealed that the last time he showed his face to another person, what another sentient living creature was when he was a kid. Was, yeah. Like, probably it's, when he got found, and then they put him in a mask, and that that was it. And yeah, that's sad. Yeah, <laughs> but that's their but way of life. It's also like, like whoa, you know, that's it, heavy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm I really hope we get into some of the the why behind yeah. that. Like, oh yeah, like you know, that's that's their way of life. That's their religion. <laughs> but like, why? What what is the spiritual reason like what does that what do they think that does for the soul or so, something like that I, i'd be really mean? i'd be really curious to see yeah what um if we learn more about mandalorian religion yeah and what it means um, um and then they go find the raider they go like scouting and realize the raiders have an atst yeah <laughs> and they're like <laughs> guys 
you didn't, didn't tell us. It. Yep. <laughs> You're all going to die, so leave. And they're like, no, we can't. This was so, our, like, ancestral, home. ancestral yeah. home and whatever. And then they're like, well... Amanda's like, well, we could teach them how to fight. And then Seven Samurai, and they yep. teach the villagers how to fight. Um, and I, lo- I love this <laughs> when Mando's like, all right, who here has fired a gun? And Omera is the only one yep. to raise her hand. <laughs> so she's got some sort of cool past right. that you know, we don't know about. But, it always uh, has, to be, has to be one of those in there. Yeah. Um, and then they beat the raiders, chase them off. Um and it looks like Mando might settle down. Because, um, yeah, I don't... I can't remember. Did they say in the episode how long they were there before I he leaves? I don't remember if they do. Because um, I didn't finish the episode, okay. unfortunately. Um, but then... Um, they find a bounty hunter uh, yeah. chasing them. and Garrett... Yeah, like he was in... I think his intention was to leave Baby Yoda there at least and yeah no care dune takes out the bounty hunter that was about to take out baby yoda um and so then he decides well i'm gonna just have to stay on the run with this kid until you know things either calm down or i find a way to make them calm down yeah uh and so then uh we go into chapter five the gunslinger uh, which I believe is the weakest episode yeah, of the series. Um, also directed by Dave Filoni. Um, uh, it starts with a fun little space battle, and uh, yep. the guy's like, I can bring you in warm or I can bring you in cold, and Mando's like, that's my that's line, my line. <laughs> and blows it off. Uh, that was fun. And then they go to Moss Eisley. And uh, I cannot remember the actress's name, but the, the lady who mans the spaceport. Oh, um... Amy Sedaris, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Yep. She's so great. She's I loved so her character. And her hair was so 80s. Right. It's like, it felt <laughs> like I love when they're like, oh, yeah, well, it's five years after Jedi. Jedi was released in 1983. This is like a 1989 haircut, and I loved it. Like, <laughs> 1988 haircut. That's great. Yeah. Um, and she has this pit droid crew. Like, I loved the prequel nods there. Yeah, like, no, it's great. Um,. And so, yeah, he, he goes to Moss Eisley to try to pick up a job because he needs money um, to take care of his kid. And he runs into Toro Calican. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about Toro Calican, Will. Um, this might be the only time where I, I'm going to say I, I couldn't stand the guy <laughs> at all. Um, I thought at first I might like him. But just the more you see him, and I, yeah, he could have been designed that way. Um, but he just, he just came off as, oh, I bought all this stuff with my father's money, yeah, and now I'm gonna <laughs> gonna be this hot shot bounty hunter. Um, and I don't know, just the performance. Is, yeah, it felt like Han Solo via the worst parts of Hayden Christensen's performance Ooh. as Anakin. <laughs> like um, i love hayden and i love anakin but it yeah i don't know it felt like hayden doing a really bad han solo <laughs> that's fair um and then there's um and so then it's like well just kind of help me out show me the ropes a little bit and i don't know it, it just 
this was the most jarring episode. Yeah, you know, and it just it just didn't. Well, and it, it, you wonder like what the narrative purpose of it was yeah. because like he goes there to like well his ship's a wreck because he was just in a yeah. firefight so he's like okay I'm gonna land lady take care of my ship I'll pay you and then he's like I need some money so he he goes looking for work and so then this kid has um a bounty puck for Fennec Shand uh played by Ming Na Wen um who she was great um Hopefully she's not actually dead because yeah, yeah, why hopefully. would you shaft Ming Na Wen? Yeah, that um, especially with how much she talked up her character. Yeah, and you know, like we in our first in our first episode, we we brought in a lot of this stuff. And yeah. We I I had literally just seen an interview with her saying, you know, like we built this character and she's re- all this, and I was like. Literally after she was shot, I was like, "Oh, she's not dead. She's gonna get back up. And she's yeah. gonna do some really cool stuff." And then she didn't. Yeah. And I was like, "Huh?" Well, hopefully, whoever finds her at the end, um, with the jingle jangle right. boots, um, maybe Boba Fett. <laughs> right. Maybe. That's what a lot of people are saying. Uh, um, whoever finds her, hopefully, he like just dunks her in a bank back to tank right away, yeah. and she heals up. Um, but then. Uh, so after, you know, they, well, he's trying to get into the guild. Right. And so that's why he has this puck for Fennec Shand. He's essentially put on a, an impossible mission. Yeah. And uh, yeah, her. cause Mando sees it and he's like, nope. And like, yeah, <laughs> he's like, do you know who this is? She's like one of the top assassins. And he's like, well, fine. I'll give you all the money. I just want to get into the guild. And he's like, <sighs> I guess I need money, fine, whatever. Yeah. So they go and uh, chase after her. And they, there's this really cool sequence with the speeders at night. Um, yeah. And they're like, they shoot up flares, flares. to mess with Fennec's um, sniper um, sight. Scope. Yeah. Scope. That's yeah. it. Um, sight, scope. Um, <laughs> and then they get her. And yeah. then. Mando goes to find another ride because they yeah. only have two speeders and, and three bodies and three bodies. So they're like, well, we got to go. So he's like, I'll go grab the Dianoga or no, not Dianoga. Dianoga's in. <laughs> um, what, what are the, the big lizards called? It also starts with a D, doesn't it? Dubak. Dubak. That's what I meant. Um, uh, yeah. So like, he goes to get, get a Dubak so they can transport her, uh, Back to Mos Eisley, or, um, and it, so he leaves, leaves Toro them alone. with with his bounty, and then, uh, Fennec tries to like manipulate him into setting her free, and so he shoots her. Yeah, because um, because she's like he will, you know, you take him in and he'll give you. You'll be a legend. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know what? You're right. Bang. He's like, well, you're not worth it, so I'm going to kill you, right. and then I'll go kill him. And then he meets Mando back at the ship, and they have this little standoff, and then he kills the little jerk. Um, <laughs> and thankfully, he's dead, because I hate that character. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't use the word hate a lot yeah. in Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> hardly ever. Um, 
But then he takes Baby Yoda and leaves. Yeah. And then we're given a little tease of these jangle of, like, the sound effect of spurs. Right. Uh, walks up to Fennec Shan's body and the end. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't really know the narrative function of this episode. Like, it doesn't really do anything to advance the plot or the character. No. Like, it, <laughs> it's just kind of there. It. It's filler. And it's weird in an eight-episode yeah. series with such short run times that they have a filler, filler. episode. Um, maybe, maybe we're Maybe wrong. it'll it'll. Many of the more. episodes of Rebels that were called filler ended up being really relevant yeah, towards the true. end. That's so true. hopefully it comes back around. and This is Dave we're talking about. Yeah, so hopefully we'll see uh, whoever... People keep saying Boba Fett. I'm crossing my fingers for Cad Bane because I really Ooh, want Boba yeah. Fett to just be dead. I don't care about Boba love, Fett at all. I'd love to see Cad but, Bane. Yeah, Cad Bane would be... Especially like an old, gruff yeah. Cad Bane. Man, I'd be and that, and And the whole Spurs thing, that, that fits with him, yeah. too. Uh, then we get the, the Prisoner, directed by Rick Famuyiwa again. Really great episode. Um... Again, the way he directs action, and it's like this like heist prison escape thing. He yeah. goes um, to an old friend uh, who has like this space station and who like runs um, jobs. Yeah, and so he meets up with uh, Bill Burr <laughs> and with a thick Boston accent in Star yeah, Wars. Uh, also, I just love they're like, you know, I I love when Star when star wars actors are huge fans like john mm-hmm. boyega yeah. or kelly marie chan or whatever but sometimes i also love when star wars actors don't care about it yeah. at all <laughs> like bill burr like, makes fun yes. of star wars fans in his comedy <laughs> sets and Werner herzog doesn't care about star right. wars at all and, and there's there <laughs> so in my opinion there's some of the more standout characters yeah. in the series that's the funny part <laughs> yeah especially bill burr it, what cracks me up is that bill burr is essentially just playing bill burr <laughs> <laughs> but i love it yeah he's in star wars making fun of star wars yeah uh and and we have the the line about uh the gungan oh yeah he's like, he's like what's under your helmet are you a gungan, gungan? you just don't, don't want to show, show your face, face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was funny and then uh then they all find baby yoda there's like his ex-girlfriend uh there's yep. a twi'lek character also why did those twi'leks have fangs yeah that was wild <laughs> like they looked cool, but like, I we've what? never seen a Twi'lek what? with fangs yeah, right. before. <laughs> uh, um. Uh oh, we get um, shoot, uh Clancy Brown. Yeah, as Clancy a Brown is great. <laughs> uh, his name's Berg, Berg, I think. Uh, and yeah, that uh, that was really cool. Um. Oh, the droid QR zero, I believe. Zero man. They just call him zero, but in on on merchandise it says qr0 i believe qr0 he was um, really cool he was really great and that's um the guy from the it crowd oh um, shoot of yeah. course i forget his name right <laughs> now um but i the second he spoke up i went oh yeah i i like snap i know who you are and i i loved the way he piloted the ship because he piloted the ship like a droid who yeah. doesn't care about yeah how living beings react to like gravity and stuff because like doing this now and now, now and, and now, now. <laughs> and he's like just jerking do, around do, and do. like um yeah no that was cool he just interfaced with the ship yeah. to and then the whole time they're doing the mission in the prison he's essentially scanning files yeah and 
and discovering more about Mando. And it's 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 becoming more and more clear throughout this that Mando's being set up. Yeah. Um. Uh. And so yeah, and then we get the reveal that he is being set yeah. up once they rescue the prisoner, and then it uh then it turns into like Die Hard. And yeah. <laughs> he's like finds ways to like macgyver his way into capturing all these jokers yeah um and we think we think at first that he's killing all of them yeah but he doesn't he leaves them to to be which is really interesting yeah um so hopefully we'll see more of them yeah yeah that'd be cool uh we see a new republic officer yeah played by matt lanter um Mm -hmm. which was uh really fun (laughs) Unfortunately, he's dead, yeah. but uh, oh, well. uh, Sorry, that was man. fun. And then, um, then yeah, and <laughs> there's the little, um, there's a gag with uh, Baby Yoda and Zero. Yeah. And uh, then, <laughs> I love it at the end when he gets off the the troop, tra- or the prisoner transport, and you think that, that Zero's gonna get Baby Yoda, yeah. and Baby Yoda lifts his hand like he's using the force and his head explodes <laughs> and we're like whoa, whoa! <laughs> he used the force to explode his head and mando's and there with mando's a, right a there gun. gun oh that was great yeah um and then and then he goes back to the space station obviously they they, they got the guy out of prison it's um the other twi'lek the brother yeah um and so they're rescuing him to bring back um throughout all this the new republic is coming after the prison uh ship to you know take well, care of the in- intruders yeah well they um he has a the well, the new republic officer has this like um communicator that basically calls in a firing squad it's like something's happened with the prisoners yeah. come in blow up the ship right yeah um and so then mando keeps it with him and activates <laughs> it when he leaves and so then we get uh the three three of the directors we get yeah, dave rick, rick and, and deborah yeah that was as great new republic x-wing pilots literally and the second dave popped on screen i was like oh my, oh my gosh it's dave Filoni and it's Star Wars. <laughs> uh, and yeah and then they blow up the the ship and or the space station, space station and yeah. And then Mando escapes again. And uh, then we move on to episode seven, uh, directed by uh, Deb Chow. This one's called The Reckoning. Um, and then this is where it kind of starts to all come together. Yeah. And um, Yeah, you, you finally get to see that crew kind of formed that we were expecting for almost the whole season. Yeah. Um, well, because Grief Karga sends out a message. He's like, hey, let's work something out. And then he's like, this is a trap. But I know they'll keep coming after me. So he yeah. puts together his crew. He meets up with uh, Cara Dune and is like, hey, you'll get to blow up Imperials. She's like, cool. cool. Um, and then he goes to find Kuwil and then IG-11 is there. Yeah. <laughs> and we learn that Kuwil reprogrammed IG-11 and now he's a nurse droid. <laughs> and, and I love the little montage of him uh reteaching yeah uh, like ig11 how to walk how to walk and how to grasp things yeah (laughs) oh man it's so (laughs) it was really good i love being in that moment of watching that and um uh and so then they they go back to um what is it Uh, Navarro. navarro Um, and on the ship, we uh, we mentioned earlier, yeah, you see Baby Yoda use the dark yeah. side. They're, like, arm wrestling, and uh, Cara Dune's about to beat Mando, and then Baby Yoda's like, nope, and yeah. starts to force choke her. 
Yep. Um, and then they talk about, you know, what is this magic? And try right. to figure it out. Uh, then they go, they meet up with Grief Karga, and they're like, well, you suck, but, you know, we'll figure this out. And, uh, Grief Karga was trying to set them up, but then they get set up, I think, they, it's they been have a while. The, they're at the camp, and the creatures come, I don't remember what kind of creatures. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, they're like pterodactyls, yeah, they're, though, right? Yeah, and they, they take one of the blurgs, um, and it, Grief gets hit by one, and yeah. has massive gash, and he's pretty much gonna die yeah and that's when baby yoda uses the force to heal him yeah that's when he has his change of heart yeah um that's right yeah and so then which this episode came out the same week as the release of rise of skywalker which is really cool because yeah he's i saw this episode on a wednesday and baby yoda used force heal and then on thursday the next day when i saw rise of skywalker we see ray use it yeah it was like oh 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 i was (laughs) um and um and so then uh the the two other bounty hunters that are with him go to kill uh kill mando and grief turns around shoots them both says yeah they were gonna kill you is supposed to be set up but i'm in your side now yeah let's figure something out we'll go in there we'll do the exactly as we planned they go meet uh the client Vern Hertz. yeah we don't get a name for him yeah um and then he's like okay great let's uh let me go talk to my superior or no he the um moff gideon gets a he calls him and moff gideon is like hey where's my stuff and he's like well you just got it and then he shoots him yeah through the wall shoots them all through the wall um death troopers yeah yeah and then we get death troopers also crazy the tie fighter when it lands his wings full we've never seen a tie fighter like i'm just curious can they all do that or is it it just his yeah or is it just a few yeah um so i'd like to see some more of that um and i'd like that as a lego set that tie fighter yes please um and and so they just start setting up to where they're gonna take out that whole crew yeah well and he um and moff gideon knows everything about everyone um he's like yeah this shock trooper from alderaan and blah 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 cynthia doom yeah um and then Mm. he knows about grief cargo too and then he says mando's name is din jaren yeah um and and then Mando reveals, oh, I know who this is. This is Moff Gideon. He's, like, right. the only person who knows my name because he was an ISB agent. Yeah. Um, which I'm hoping, since they have set up the convention that there are flashbacks in this series, I hope in the next season we get some flashbacks about how those yeah. two know each other. Um, and uh, Quill takes off with, uh, with Baby, Baby Yoda, Yoda earlier. And Mando is trying to tell him, like, are you safe? Are you safe? And two stormtroopers uh, overhear Shoot that. Down. They, and they find Quill and kill him. And it ends with... It ends with just his pathetic his carcass just lying, lying there. there. And I, I, was, I was at work watching this on my phone. And it was at my break. <laughs> and I literally sat there for the next five minutes of my break... With my mom, with my jaw on the floor, wanting to scream, <laughs> but not being able to scream. Yeah, I just, ah, oh, I, I, 
I had fallen in love with that character yeah. so much, and they just... Yeah. Wow. I rip your heart out. But, again, there's the hero's journey. It's yep. the death exactly, of the mentor. Yeah. Like, um, and I'm sure we'll... Um, maybe eventually we'll do a specific uh, hero's journey of the Mandalorian. Maybe when, when the series when is, over, is yeah. complete, we can do a hero's journey of the Mandalorian episode. Um, but, yeah, so then we move into... Uh, the finale, uh, titled Redemption, and, uh, this one's directed by Taika Waititi, um, and I loved that they didn't let him, like, I was just, I was, when they announced he was gonna be a director, I was like, there is no- Everybody was like that, man. I was like, for this this show, like, about this, like, gruff and tough bounty hunter, you're gonna bring in- the, the guy who made Thor Ragnarok, like, <laughs> what? And, <laughs> but he did so good. It's so well directed, I love, and I love the opening. It's hilarious, and you have ass. Jason Sudeikis as yep, the stormtrooper, yep. who is the worst stormtrooper ever. Ever, um, no, because he punches Baby Yoda, and he got what he deserved. Um, yeah, and so, but that's it, you know, for the for the. Taika Waititi, you know, humor. Uh, For for not really. I mean, there's some pretty. It's the most right in your face. Yeah. And and then it tones back. Yeah. Dials back, and then and then we see IG Eleven come in and rescue him. Rescue him, and just own. It goes to town on all the stormtroopers. Yeah, and bounty hunters too. Yep. Um, And yeah, that that was really cool to see. Um, and then, uh, the Moff Gideon, like, makes him an offer to, like, you have until sundown, blah, 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 and then they try to, like, burn them and whatever, and then Mando gets injured, um, and they're like, you guys go, IG-11, take care of him, and IG-11 is like, I need you to take your helmet off so I can heal you, and he's like, no, no no one can see my face. And no living like, thing. No living thing can see my face. He's like, I am not a living thing. And so he gets to take off the yeah. helmet. And we see Pedro Pascal. And he's Pedro Pascal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, they didn't do um, anything weird no. with his appearance or anything like that. It's just um, Pedro Pascal covered in blood. And yeah. then IG-11 heals him. And they go down and into the tunnels. And they meet the coolest astromech ever. Yeah. Sorry, R2-D2. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they meet this transformer of an <laughs> astromech. Well, well, before that is when we get um, the armor comes back. Oh yes, um, yes, and, yes, and, yes, and it, we it is revealed that uh, since Mandalorian took off with the child, the Empire wiped out pretty much the tribe. Yeah, there might be some survivors out on the run, scattered out on in um, space. But then the armor. Uh, steps in and gives him his signet of the Mudhorn. Yeah. And that was really cool. Well, she gets to explain, basically explain Baby Yoda. Yeah. He's like, well, I thought this was an enemy, but he was a kid that I helped. And she's like, then he's a foundling. Um, And he's like, he does this weird magic. And she's like, yeah, well, there were, our people once fought, uh, the Mandalorians of old, like, went to 
war with a race of sor- sorcerers, sorcerers called, yep. called Jedi. And then she tells him his responsibility, since he's a foundling, is to care for him, teach him the way, yeah. and until he can uh, bring him to, yeah, reunite him with his own people. And so he's like, I have to take him to a race of enemy sorcerers. And she's like, this is the way. Yeah. And so the question is, are they going to ba- to Yoda's home planet? Yeah. Are, are they we going gonna... to see all the Yodas? Or, or is he going to find Luke? You know, is the other, there's, there's quite a few wow. things they can do with that. Yeah. Um, I actually hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Does he it, find Luke and, but Luke doesn't start yeah. his Jedi school no. until much right. later. It, it, it's going to be interesting what they do. And I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, and so then they keep, you know, uh, they run off in the armor, kick some stormtrooper yeah she is one of the coolest fight scenes with her hammer and she's kicks all these stormtroopers butts and then um and then we meet the astromech that yeah they go to this lava river and they meet this astromech uh ferryman yeah Yeah, he's 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 it's a gondola astromech pushing them down the river yeah and he like transforms and he has a full body with right. arms and, <laughs> and, it, and a little oar yeah um and it, it's just great and they they're going down and then uh they realize that they're going to be you know they if they come out at the end of the river they're gonna get wasted by a bunch of stormtroopers yeah and that's when ig11 says take care of this child i'm going to go self-destruct yep and it, and then mando's like no, no. man and yeah and and because yeah because and it's such a great character moment because obviously he hates droids but he learned not to hate this droid um and and i love the moment he's like do not feel sad i've never been alive and therefore cannot die and he's like i'm not sad he's like i can analyze your body and your voice yes you are are. (laughs) that's great yeah and and so then you know he sacrifices himself another uh, heroic sacrifice yep. um and they think they're scot-free and moff gideon arrives in his tie fighter yeah and they got up and then i love uh grief Karga's like baby hey, do, do the, the magic, magic hand, hand thing, thing. <laughs> and he waves yeah he just waves <laughs> <laughs> i love how baby yoda through so much of this action is just like ooh, ooh. ooh. <laughs> ah yeah <laughs> you see the subtitle coos yeah. a lot it's hilarious um and, and so then, mando goes after him uh oh yeah that was the other thing he was given a, a jetpack jet uh by the arm kind of like his final the final uh, piece of his armor like and then uh and he's told not to use it until he's ready and well <laughs> he kind of had to be forced to be into being ready yeah um and so he uses it to take down uh, Moff Gideon's TIE fighter and decides to, you know, invites Kara along, I believe. Yeah, well, he beats he beats Gideon, right. the TIE fighter crashes, and then he's like, hey, Kara, you want to come with me? She's like, nah. Not really my thing. And then uh, Grief offers offers her a job. Right. And I think she... he's going to essentially build back up Navarro. Yeah, and build up the guild again. Um, and uh so then yeah he takes baby yoda 
and Baby Yoda has a Mandalorian necklace, and yep. Baby Yoda's Mandalorian now, and they go off, and then the end, you know, it's not post-credits, but uh, the, the end tease is uh, we see... This blade cut through the TIE fighter. And destroys some more Jawas. <laughs> and destroys some Jawas. And it's, uh, it's Moff Gideon coming out of his TIE fighter with the Darksaber. Yeah. And that just... I I wanted to see the Darksaber at some point in the series. I was expecting season two. Yeah. And I was expecting him to essentially get the Darksaber and have to rebuild Mandalorians from there. Yeah. But... Or I just thought we'd see Bo-Katan. And yeah, she'd or Bo-Katan with it. That'd be awesome. But like, but now what? Well, like they talk about Moff Gideon talks about earlier in the episode. He talks about uh, the, Great Purge the Great Purge and the Night of a Thousand Tears. Yeah. And what? what well, well, because in episode six, uh, one of the bounty hunters mentions that it's like, aren't they all dead? Right. When, when they meet Mando and. Um, and That's so, true. like, is Bo-Katan dead? Like, did Moff Gideon... Because I'm getting a very, very similar to um, Agent Callus. Yeah. And what he did to the Lasat people. Right. Um, because and, he has that Lasat rifle yep. that Zeb has. Uh, Agent Callus in Rebels, uh, for those who haven't seen it. Um, he wiped out this entire race of people, and he has one of their like tribal weapons right um and that's essentially it seems like that's the plot point of moff gideon is he led the charge of wiping out mandalore and took their leader's weapon and does, does that mean their symbolic weapon they're symbolic it's, it's... uh yeah there we could do a whole episode just on the history of the dark saber yeah. um but it just for right now it is very important yeah <laughs> um, it's not just a cool looking lightsaber um it is very important um but yeah uh before we wrap up uh what uh do you have any um guesses as to where season two is going what uh speculate um, responsibly as they say on yeah. the force center podcast we uh are probably gonna obviously see him just searching yeah. You know, trying to find clues of uh, the child's race, as it were, and whether or not that means he's going to find Yoda's race or some sort of hidden Jedi. Um, I have a feeling he's going to find the planet and they're all going to be dead. Right, something like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised with that. Yeah, because if they were all there and, like, if they're all Jedis... And yeah. just living oh, in be, secret like that that messes in... with the canon so right. much um, um and then there's you know returning characters obviously we're gonna get grief and kara back yeah um and probably the cast of bounty hunters from episode six because he leaves them in that cell uh and then possibly fennec shand hopefully be, hopefully um and we'll probably see a bunch more Jawas. Yeah. You know. Do you they, see they the teaser, like... um, like, sculpture that Jon Favreau shared of that Gamorrean guard? Yeah. Um, who's, like, a lean, muscular Gamorrean. Yeah, like, he's not blew me away. short and fat. He's, like, tall and muscly. And so that'll he looks be like cool a barbarian. Um, and just... Fun. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I expect fun. Yeah. You know, that's the one word I would attribute to this whole series. Yeah. It I, I hope we get some more like deep character stuff with yep. Mando. True. Um, and I think they will like this was, you know, your first season has kind of established what the voice of the show is and, yeah. uh, introduce the characters, but, and you do get moments of character growth, but you, you just don't get a lot. Um, just because of the i mean the whole series is like five and a half hours like yeah two movies um so um yeah i'm excited to see uh yeah where things go with baby yoda and um man and moff gideon's gonna be hunting them down and yeah. I, I i expect we will learn what the fake empire wants with baby yeah. yoda um True. you know maybe you know, if it ends poorly, maybe that's something to do with how Palpatine comes back, potentially. Right. Like, if they're wanting to drain, like, cut this poor child open and, like, drain him and to use that to bring the Emperor back to life. <laughs> um... I mean, it's, it's I mean, really they, dark, but they man. they have said that the, that the show will exp- explore the um, beginnings of the first order. Yeah, and so yeah, that probably has something to do with it. Obviously, yeah. um, do you think we will get any characters we know in season two? I mean, there was that little casting thing that popped up. That was pretty clearly disproven. I think. Okay. Cool. Good. Um, um, yeah, because that show Chloe some... Bennett cast as Doctor Af- Afra, and which would be cool. It'd be cool, but <laughs> that was the, yeah, that was the most outrageous one I saw on there. Yeah. Um, I would, I would love to see some characters we know, but none from the movies. Yeah. Um, you know, you yeah, touch up on characters that have been brought in through the comics or the books or video games. Yeah. Um. I'd love to see Ooh. Cad Bane. Um, yes. Um, I'd love to see maybe he runs into Sabine and Ahsoka looking for mm-hmm. Ezra. Yep, I was thinking uh, that a little bit ago. Um, Hondo. Hondo. Yes, please. Put Hondo in a live action series. He's really in your theme park. Come on. Yeah, make, like, make I, him be your your ambassador, essentially. Oh, Disney. man, I wish he would have been in The Rise of Skywalker. I was really hoping for it. <laughs> that would have been great. Um, Just part of some sort of little roll call. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that would have been fun. He definitely probably would have fit in with uh, Trevorrow's script. <laughs> That's a whole nother mm. thing. And, man... Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about that movie that didn't yeah. happen. Uh, thank goodness it didn't. Uh, but yeah, anyways, we love the series. It's yeah. been really great. Uh, we're excited to see more. It's coming out in October. Just uh, announced today. Yeah, they're shooting it right now. Thanks and, to uh, IgerCon. Yeah, IgerCon, <laughs> the uh, uh, affectionate name uh, given to the Disney earnings call, um, which they also announced that uh, they are still developing Kenobi and yep. Cassian, as we know, and they said that basically the future of Star Wars is on TV, and they're not really thinking about movies right now, which, you know, as of right now, we think there's going to be a film in 2022, Yeah, but 
they said they're not really ready to talk about anything yeah. yet, which kind of bummed me out. Um, but you know, I like Star Wars on TV. Yeah, and, I do too. I uh, we and, have Clone Wars coming up in just two weeks ish. Yeah, ish. Um, right after my birthday. Yeah. Um, and that'll take us into you know it's twelve episodes. It's coming out every week. That'll take us yeah. into like May. So. Yeah. Um, and then the Star uh, Wars train is not slowing down anytime nope, soon. Not at all. Books, comics, yeah, TV, a plenty. Uh, oh yeah, the other thing happening this month is um, Project Luminous. They're announcing whatever the heck it is. Um, you know, They'll... officially it's a publishing thing, so a series of books, comics. Uh, but there's rumors of film and video game tie-ins. Yep. I think video games are more likely than Same. films, um, especially after this earnings call. Right. Um, they probably won't touch on movies, but I could see a new video game being announced, which would be great because yeah. we need more of them and we need more. As much as I love Battlefront 2, um, after the kinks got worked out, uh, we need more single-player uh, yes. action-adventure games yes. in Star Wars. Um, um so anyway we're gonna move on to our next segment um which is truth in legends right is that it yeah (laughs) there's always a bit of truth in legends so this is the point of the show where we talk about what we've enjoyed outside of star wars that we think has some sort of connection to star wars um whether it's just something that makes us think of it or it's an actual direct you know correlation or inspiration um, so Nate, what have you been enjoying? Man, uh, what have I been enjoying that's not Star Wars? Um... Side note, it's kind of hard for us to enjoy outside of Star Wars. When I know, Star Wars I... has been all we've been consuming lately. I know, this is the hardest one now. Like, yeah, it's just been all Star Wars all the time. Uh, yeah, because I've been trying to catch up on Clone Wars. Right. And, um... What have I been enjoying? Um, I don't know. Do you have one? I do actually. Okay. I have. I have. Um, you go, and I'll. I'll keep thinking. I. Uh, I think I might actually kind of have two. Um, go for it. So. Week last week I was playing uh, Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. Nice and. I was on a mission where you've got another character following you around, uh, and, and at one point she even says, I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> and I immediately was like, Oh, Hey, nice. <laughs> I, I actually set the game down for a minute and it's just kind of <laughs> cracking up about it. Um, and that, I, that pops up a lot in media is that I've got a bad feeling about this. Uh, not just in star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and then my other one is, um, uh, <laughs> this one makes me laugh, is uh, Planners Peanuts decided oh, to hop on the baby gosh. train. And now people are trying to pit Baby Nut with Baby Yoda. Yeah, no, I would squash him, turn him into peanut butter, and feed him to Baby Yoda. Uh, <laughs> like I said, Baby Yoda stands are savage. Yes. Uh, it's hilarious we will we will do anything to protect our precious son <laughs> um gosh something i've been enjoying outside of star wars uh 
Mm, frick. Babu Frick. Uh, uh, let's see. The Good Place just ended. Um, let me see if I can find a Star Wars connection there. I was going to say anything in Doctor Who. Um, well, yeah. I've been watching the new season of Doctor Who. Obviously, David Tennant uh, was a voice in Clone Wars, but he's not the Doctor anymore. Um, I don't think any of those actors uh have been in star wars that i know of um gosh a good star wars connection um well here i'll just say the good place ended it's one of my favorite series uh on television and it was a heartfelt conclusion wrapping up these character stories just like the rise of skywalker <laughs> there we go i saw an end to a thing there you go um <laughs> and a thing in star wars just ended so that's my connection <laughs> no it really is a good show you guys yeah. i i recommend it to everyone i'm, I'm sure there's probably a star wars actor or there has to be a connection in there somewhere um also how has ted danson not been in star wars oh, let's get ted danson in star ted wars man. um but yeah i'm i'm a season behind on it due to the fact that we don't have uh we didn't have a way to watch it right away and then when we finally started catching back up again it was in the middle of the season and so we couldn't really watch it also, um, Darcy Carden, who plays Janet, she would be good in Star Wars. She'd be fun. I yeah. think she. I think she'd be a good droid. Oh my goodness! Yes, she should voice a droid. Be yes. Great. Yes. Um, there's a connection. Maya Rudolph plays the Eternal Judge of the Universe in The Good Place. She also voices Zoe, a droid in Vader Immortal, the VR oh, series. Nice. Boom. Got I did it. Not catch that one. Yeah. That's very good. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's our show. Uh, <laughs> we've been rambling for a while talking about the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, we announced it on Twitter, uh, but we are switching to a bi-weekly release schedule. So uh, in two weeks, uh, our plan is to talk about Jedi Fallen Order um, because I will finally get a chance to play it. I played like five hours of it, but I still have plenty more to go. Um, so I'm excited to dive into it, um, and we can talk about it and yeah. have some fun because I've heard good things. It surprisingly has not been spoiled for me. I've been nice. like good on you. The Rise of Skywalker was spoiled for me before I went in, but like this has been out for so much longer, and it yeah. hasn't been spoiled for me on Twitter. Like I, it blows my mind that I haven't been spoiled on it. Um, like, I've seen some, like, images, but, like, n nothing makes sense. Context uh, doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's our show. Uh, if you have any things you want us to talk about, you can email us at blip blop bloop pod. Uh, no, at blip bloppity bloop pod at gmail.com. Uh, or you can follow us on Twitter at blip blop pod uh, and tweet us suggestions there. Uh, other than that, Will, where can the people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Heckahawk. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hall of Fame. That's Hall spelled H-A-W-L like my last name. 
And with that, I've been Nate Holly, And I'm Will Heckman. Blip, bloppity, bloop, bye bye Ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Now get out of here.